0: The Sports Talk Podcast with Ryan Forrest giving you the hottest sports takes in town. You can reach Ryan through Facebook, email, and Twitter. Pencil. Who's this Ryan character he speaks of? I've never heard of him. Now it's time to start the show. Here's Ryan. What is going on, everybody? We are back live. With the Sports Talk Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we are finally back. Summer 2014, today the 14th of July, the year 2014, we are back with the first Sports Talk Podcast in a very long time. As a little bit of a new intro there, and uh, actually it really isn't much of a new intro, just a little added clip in there. (laughs) I had this intro for a while, I've had it since last summer. I only did one Sports Talk last summer, and then I didn't do, well, I didn't do anything after that. And I promised that I was going to upload all my live shows when I was at school on Newberry College Radio. Promised that I was going to upload them throughout the year. Did not do that. (laughs) But here we are with another Sports Talk Podcast. Hello. It's Ryan Fran in here again to uh, bring you along today. I'm so glad that you joined us. I'm so glad that you welcomed us back with open arms here on the Sports Talk Podcast. And I know, like I said, it's been a long, long time since we've done it. I've been itching to get back into the podcasting chair here to do another show. I have a brand new microphone, so maybe you can tell that. You'll probably be able to hear some background noise That's a fan going on because it would be hot in this room if I didn't have a fan on. And so I figured today might as well do a sports talk podcast. A lot of things have been going on in the world of sports as of recent, and a lot of things have happened since I last did any show. Of course, a lot of things have happened since I did a sports talk podcast, The last sports talk podcast I did was last year, well over a year ago, I believe it was after game three of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Bruins and the Penguins, so it's been a long time since then, I'm just going to focus on things that have happened since my last live show, which must have been in May, somewhere around April or May. And uh, I didn't really get to do a lot of shows last year. Uh, actually, no, I really didn't. I, I had an internship last year, and, uh, you know, maybe you guys don't know, uh, I interned at 985 of the Sports Hub in Boston, and so I'll, obviously you know it's in Boston, because anybody listening to this knows who I am and knows where the hell it is. So I didn't really get to do a lot of live shows. I did join uh, my good friend from Newberry College, Dennis Vinci. He had a sports show. We were the only two sports hosts. On the station, I'm still at Newberry College Radio, going into my senior year starting in September. He ended up graduating, so congrats to Dennis, if you're listening, and I hope you're doing well. So I was able to join him on a lot of his live shows, but I didn't have any shows of my own as of recent. So, this is the first one in a long time, and I'm really excited to get back. Uh, a few topics on the program today that I just wanted to discuss. I'm not exactly sure how long this is going to go. Like I said, it's just pretty much a crappy day outside. I was kind of just hoping to lounge around and <laughs> do nothing today. But uh the weather uh, turned and so I figured why not do a podcast because I've been meaning to do one. Three topics on the show today. Kicking it off. We're going to talk Bruins, ladies and gentlemen. And because, you know, the Bruins, they're the team I care most about. So a lot of things happened since I last spoke about anything with the Bruins. I think I was, you know, the last time I saw, I mean, the last time that I talked about them, I said that they were going to beat the Canadians in seven. That that obviously did not happen. So we're going to talk about what went wrong during the playoffs and how awful and pitiful their offseason has been so far. And we're also going to be talking Boston Celtics. We're going to be talking about... How their offseason has been going so far, and some of the things that they did wrong last year. A lot went wrong with the Celtics last year, but a couple of key things that they have probably been kicking themselves for all summer long. And uh, we're going to talk about their draft, how I think it sh- shook out for the Celtics, and their direction going into this season. And then we're going to finish it out with some soccer talk here on the program. Now, on this show and many other shows that I do, and in just in real life. Over the past few years, well, basically forever, I've trashed soccer and every turn. And, you know, if you have been living under a rock, you would not know that the World Cup, the 2014 World Cup, it really took the world by storm over the past month or so. Like I said, you know, if you know me, you'll know that I always trashed soccer. Any chance I possibly could get, I would trash it the hell out of the sport, say it's awful. Duh, 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 duh. You know, I'm proud to say that I've come around on soccer and I love it. I love it, and it's become one of my all-time favorite sports automatically. I already like it more than baseball. I just, I love it. I gave it a chance. I sat down and said, you know what, I'm going to try soccer. And boy, was I wrong about everything about the sport. Now, people, and we'll get into this later on in the show, but people may be different than me when it comes to soccer, but I've just been able to, because I never really gave it a chance. I never watched a game before, but I would trash and be like, oh, it sucks. But I never tried it. And once I tried it, it, I learned that it's been, An amazing sport. So we're going to talk a little World Cup, how it all went down. And we're also going to talk about the New England Revolution, because I've been really liking them and following them. So we're going to be talking about that at the end of the show. If you'd like to get involved with the show, you can definitely text. Uh, No, you can't text. You can tweet. We don't have a text line. That would be hilarious. We We do not have that. Well, you can tweet me, that is at ryan 4 12 it used to be at Ryan4an12, I cleaned it up a little bit so it's a little bit easier to remember. So once you hear this show, tweet at me with wherever you want. If you heard me say something that you'd like to talk to me about, shoot me over a tweet. Um, that would be good. Let's get started with the Boston Bruins and how it all went down in the playoffs. Of course, the Bruins ended up winning the President's Trophy. Uh, I wrote a piece, uh, that's another thing. I forgot to tell you guys about. It. I am a contributor contributor to NHL Sports Rants NHL and Sports Rants. Great website, great website. It's a lot of different bloggers from around the country, and they blog on basically everything. You know, football, basketball, hockey, you name it. You know, there's a gaming one. There is there's basically everything. Any sport that is out there, you name it, and people write about it on this website. So um, I was able to apply, and they selected me to write for them. And so I've been covering the Bruins on that website, writing articles for them for the last uh, probably, you know, three months now. And, you know, I wrote a piece once the Bruins won the president's trophy the day after I wrote a piece that, you know, this probably isn't a good thing because most of the time with president's trophy winners, all they are is a regular season team. They blast through their regular season schedule and they go, to the playoffs, and nothing happens for them, because they're just not, you know, traditionally that hasn't been the way it has been, and over the, I can't remember the stat, but there's only been eight teams that have ever won the President's Trophy, I think it was 28 years, and the last team to do it, of course, was uh, the Blackhawks in 2013, that was a strike sword and schedule, so I didn't really put much weight into that one, but there really hadn't been many teams that had done it, so I was a little skeptical there. And boy, was I right, because (laughs) I don't love to do that often, but I was right, because the Bruins just, they just looked awful in the postseason, even in the Detroit series, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, they won in five games. Should have been a sweep, but they won in five games. They still looked awful to me. They just, something wasn't right above them. And then the Montreal series, it was just, it was bad. It was bad, bad, bad. It, they just were awful. The only game in that series that actually they looked good in was Game 5. When it was in their building, and they came back, and, you know, they came back late, and that that, that one was fine. And they had won other games in that series, obviously, because it won seven games. But in all the other games, win or lose, they just didn't look like themselves. They weren't playing like the Bruins usually play they weren't tough, they weren't physical, they were getting, you know, they were they looked gassed. They were losing puck battles, they they just looked awful. They weren't physical. You know, Brad Marchand was getting beat up game in, game out. Sean Thorne looked like a little baby when he was doing the water bottle incident with P.K. Subban. It just looked bad. It really did. It, the team was a shell of itself. And they ended up losing in the 7th game, which I wasn't surprised because they just got beat in that series. You know, all series long, and they got beat in Game 7. And uh, it was just a disappointment because, not only because they won the President's Trophy, but because they did have the team to go all the way. They really did. Just their guys did not perform like they should have in the postseason. The two things that I put on my list as to why the Bruins didn't perform well at all, the number one was the lack of a top D. Dennis Seinberg goes down in December, and that leaves Peter Chiarelli, what, like four months until the trade deadline, somewhere around there to make up his mind and to find somebody that he can acquire to bring in as a top D a guy like an Andrew McDonald's from the Islanders who ended up going to Philadelphia a guy like that and surely couldn't find him i mean i, I mean, he could find them. they were out there but the guys like guys like McDonald were moving at the deadline the Bruins just didn't want to give up a lot which is you know another discussion but they didn't bring in a guy that could have and probably would have put them over the top. That was that was the spot that they needed because it was exploited all playoffs long. Whoever they put in there, whether it was Barkowski or Krug, or it didn't matter. It looked exposed. And a lot of their goals from the opposition came when that deep pierre was on the line, was on the, was in the game at the time. So I blame Shirelli a lot for this 2014, this awful 2013-2014 season. Uh, postseason, and I also blame the top line, I thought that they were awful, I thought that the only really good line that gave you consistent production over the two series was the third line, and which is encouraging, because you have a guy in Louis Erickson that's supposed to be a first line guy, but we all saw, even though he had a couple injuries this season, which we're not gonna just completely discredit that, he didn't play a lot of games, he doesn't have a lot of goals from last season, because obviously he was out a lot, so I'll give him all the time he had off. But when he was there and healthy, he didn't belong on the first line. He fooled us all with all the goals that he scored in Dallas. He just was never that guy, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe other people see it differently, but I just never thought that Erickson was that guy. So you put him on the third line with Paie and and Soderberg, and they were getting chances. They didn't score a lot of goals, but they were generating the chances for the entire for the for the entire postseason, as far as I'm concerned, especially in the Montreal series. They were, the, they were the line that was driving the Bruins because the first line fell asleep. Guys like me, and Len Lucic, David Krejci, and Jerome McGinley. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm glad Jerome McGinley was gone because people wanted to make the case for him to stay and all that stuff. Yes, he got 30 goals. Most of them, though, were either empty netters or weird, awful deflections. He only had like 15 real goals, and that got him a three-year contract in Colorado. So good luck. Yeah, put him on the first line. He's going to do a lot. Where was he in the playoffs? Nowhere to be found. Where was David Krejci? Nowhere to be found. Where was Milan Lucic? Again, nowhere to be found. If you read my article on Milan Lucic, and who I thought should go this offseason, you would know why. Uh, I kind of groaned when I said his name. So I think those were the top two reasons. Now we look at their off season. It's been a sham. It's been a. It's been just a a mockery. They come out and they say we're not going to go. At, we're not going to go full force into free agency because we're held up by cap issues. But what they don't want to say is the reason why they're held up by cap issues is because they're overpaying their own players. They're overpaying guys like Milan Lucic and Brad Marchand and Chris Kelly. Chris Kelly, is maybe he's good in the locker room. I could do without him in a heartbeat. Goodbye. Brad Marchand, he wasn't performing in the postseason. No goals. He missed a ton of empty netters. I mean, so many empty netters. Or not not necessarily empty netters, but so many wide-open nets and wide-open chances. And he didn't bury them. You want to be the agitator? Fine. But you got to score goals while you're doing it or else I have no place for you on my team. There's no place for a guy that all he's going to do is run around, agitate, and pretend like he's some tough guy. And he's going to get his ass kicked and then he's not even going to be able to put up a, uh, goals on the scoreboard to show for it. So for me, that pissed me off. Lucic did as well. The, the disappearing act. So why are we paying all this money for guys like Brad Marshall and Milan Lucic that did absolutely nothing? Nothing, I, you know, Chris Kelly was injured, whatever, but for me, guys like Thomas Vanek were there in this offseason, a guy like Thomas, you know, Thomas Vanek should have been the guy, a perennial Bruins killer, who has, you know, dismantled them for years, no matter where he is, whether it's in, you know, Buffalo or, you know, Montreal, wherever, I mean, he didn't have a huge series against the Bruins uh, this past postseason, but still, that would have been the guy. And people want to say, well, why would you throw money at these big free agents? I'm not saying, because there were a lot of bad deals this year. Benoit Pouliot getting four years, at four or five years at all that money. Like, that was bad. Like the, the Benoit Pouliot deal was bad, I agree. I'm not saying that you throw a ton of money at bad players or medium players. I'm not saying that at all. I think a guy like Thomas Vanek deserves it. I, I would throw a ton of money at Thomas Vanek because, quite frankly, he deserves it. He's one of the top scorers in the NHL. He's one of the most gifted athletes in the NHL. He is one of the best first-line wingers you can possibly ever have. So, yes, I would throw as much money as I possibly could at Thomas Vanek. Would I do it for Benoit Pouliot? No. You know, these Bruins supporters want to say, well, you know, why would you give him money? Because he deserves it. I always think that the best players in any sport should always get the best money. They should always get the highest contracts. In football, Drell Reeves wants to get paid the most out of any defensive player. He should because he's the best one. If Joe Schmo, who's, you know, more than halfway down the depth chart, if he wants to get paid a ton, you can go tell him to pound sand because he he's not as good. So, I mean, a little scrap guy like Benoit Pouillard, sure, doesn't deserve the money that he got. I'm not saying you should have done that. I'm saying that you should have gone out and and tried to sign some of these big, talent guys. Merrick Gabrick was also out there, but, you know, he ended up resigning with L.A. But there were guys like that out there that the Bruins, because they're so hamstrung by their own players, decided, no, we're just going to stay with the guys. And they've only made two signings so far this offseason, or two notable ones. They're not even notable, but they're, they're names that I guess kind of stand out. Matt Barkowski, who was awful in the postseason. He was probably the worst defenseman they put in there at any given night during the postseason. Got ninth floored a couple times because they put Mazaros in. They gave him a one-year, $5 million contract. Awful. The guy was awful, and they also signed goaltender Jeremy Smith, Smith, What doesn't make any sense. Yes, I know they moved Chad Johnson out, but you have Nicholas Fedberg and Malcolm Subban down in Providence. Why do you need to sign another goaltender, and I I don't know. It's just awful because they're not going after guys that could help them. They're just not because they're, they're, I will admit, they are hamstrung by the cap. Yes, they are, but it's because of huge contracts given to guys like Milan Lucic, Brad Marchand, Chris Kelly. And I know I keep going back to those same guys, but that's all you need. If you just got rid of one of those guys, then you could have gone after a huge talent. Because Milan Lucic does not deserve to be on the first line. He gives you nothing. And even when he is on, because he's either on or he's off. And when he's off, he is slow. And so people want to make the argument that, well, when he's on, he's, he, you know, the Bruins can't be without him. Yes, they can. They can't because he's not, he's not a gifted goal scorer. He is not. If you want to have him on the second line, fine, whatever. Second or third line, good. Go, go have at it. Because right after they lost, I, I, you know, I said they need to get rid of him. No questions asked, but I would be okay if he was on like the second or third line. He can't be on the first line. He just can't be because he's just not that gifted of a goal scorer. He just isn't. He can't any other good team. Where do you think Milan Lucic would be if he was in Chicago? Do you think he'd be on the first line? No, he wouldn't be. He'd be probably like on the third or the fourth. Because he he's not good offensively. Sure, is he a tough guy? Yeah, when he wants to be. Can he bang bodies? Yeah, when he wants to. But most of the time, he goes to these stretches during the regular season and in the postseason, not just this postseason, but he's done it before. He did it in 2011. Everybody forgets that because they won the cup, but he was... Awful in 2011, and he was awful this year. And he does it in the regular season, he's done it many times in the regular season. And now, again, he does it in the most crucial time. Nothing out of that Montreal series from, from Milan Lucic. And people want to tell me that they should keep Milan Lucic because he's so he brings the physical presence, he is so you know, he brings the energy. I don't want a guy on my first line to bring physical game and energy. That's saved for your fourth and third lines. The first line should be reserved for your best scorers. And Milan Lucic isn't one of those guys. They have to improve, but they're so just stubborn to keep their own guys. It's pathetic. And so for me, to wrap up this Bruins argument, they are still a good team, yes. Are they one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference still today? Sure, yeah, they are. But are they a great team? Are they a team that's going to win a cup? I say no. And I say that they will never win a Stanley Cup until they change that philosophy. You can say I'm crazy, and you can say, ah, the Bruins are fine. They won the President's Trophy. They just ran into a little puck luck, a little bad puck luck in the playoffs last year. They'll be fine. I feel sorry for you, and you know what? If that's what you want to believe, go right ahead. But you're not going to win a cup anytime soon. And people will say to me, well, why are you complaining? There are teams that have never won a cup. There are teams that have never even gotten close. You could be in Buffalo. You could be in, you know, with the Islanders. You could be completely and utterly hopeless. But you're complaining because, what, you didn't win a cup this year? You still have one of the best teams in the East. Yeah, sure. But are they ever going to win a cup? Because that's what matters, right? Am I forgetting something? We, We do play in Boston, right, where championships matter. See, that's my whole thing. If you want to argue with me and say, well, you know, that doesn't necessarily matter the most, then fine, then I'll just go away. <laughs> I just won't talk about the Bruins anymore. But for me, we're supposed to be talking about winning championships in this city, right? That's what you want. Do you want President's Trophies and two-and-dones and uh, two and, duns and one and duns? For me, I want championships, and so should everybody else. And if the end goal is to win a championship, you have to look at this Bruins team and say, it's not good enough. Losing in the second round to Montreal is not good enough. And if you want to improve, you got to get better. And if you're not willing to get better, you're never going to win a cup again. So that's my Bruins rant, guys. Hopefully I'll do more shows over the summer, guys, and I can talk some more Bruins uh, for that. But that's my uh, initial takes on what happened in the offseason, what happened in the playoffs, and what's been going on in the offseason. Now, let's move on to the Celtics.